Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. Okay, chapter 1, verse 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, if you're looking for names for your baby, there's a good list to go through. (laughs) Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, uh, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of royal family and of nobility, use without blemish and good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. And so let's just, Lord, just speak to our heart today. May we leave here different than when we came. In Jesus' name, amen. I find... And I found one of the biggest struggles for me when I became a Christian was not really the spiritual disciplines. I really didn't have a problem getting into God's word or even the discipline of prayer. I saw the importance of that. I saw the importance of being plugged into community and being in church every time the doors open because I understood the need for each of us to support one another as we sojourn through this world. We are sojourners, we're exiles, the Bible describes us as referring to the fact that the world is not our home. We're looking forward to a homeland called heaven one day. And so when I look at some of the things that we do as Christians to grow spiritually, that was not really my struggle. My biggest struggle came in standing against the cultural currents of our society. I found it very difficult at times not to compromise my stance with God and to stand on God's truth in light of what was going on at the time in our culture. And that was 27 years ago and very different setting back then. But even back then, I found it very, very difficult. And I'm sure that you find the same thing to be true. You may say, I struggle with Bible study. You may say, I struggle with my prayer life. I struggle to get to church on a regular basis. My life is just filled with this and that. But I'm going to put before you one of the most difficult things that you're going to face as a Christian is not to compromise 
your convictions, to remain standing on the Word of God in the light of what's happening in the culture because really what you have in Christianity today in this country is not really a pure Christianity. It is more of a cultural Christianity. And that means that Christians, for the most part, by and large, are out in the culture and they tag Jesus as a passenger in their car. They are not really living out their faith like they should. And that becomes a tragedy because the church begins to lose what it was raised up to be, uh, what God's calling for the church in the world is, uh, the salt and light that we are, the truth that we are to bring to the world. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the church is actually referred to, Paul says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it is the pillar of truth. So if the church caves in, the culture's in trouble because it loses any light that it ever had. It loses the lighthouse that God set up in this world. Now, you don't find this in other cultures. I just came back from Thailand. I was also in Laos, which is a persecuted area, especially where I went. And uh, you do not find this dichotomy. You do not find a Christian living in the culture or so seeped in the culture that he can't even figure out the voice of God anymore. You're either in or you're not. You're either pregnant or you're not. And that's the way it is in other cultures. And that's why China for so often has prayed that persecution would come to the United States. Not because they hate us and not because they want to see us go through some undue suffering, but they love us. They know what America has been in that world, they, in that side of the world. They know what we have been, the American church through history has been for China in planting churches, sending missionaries there. So when they say they're praying for persecution in our culture, it's not because they don't love us. It's because they want to see us become what God intended us to be. And so there's really a sifting of the chaff and the wheat that takes place in cultures that face persecution and things. But what we're facing today, and we are constantly challenged by, is the culture coming against us and washing away our convictions. Washing away what truth of God's Word we have in our heart and failing to stand for what God expects us to stand for. And through all of that, if we suffer from one degree or another, which we will, we're going to suffer at times through temptation. We're going to suffer at times broken relationships as a result of it. And we will suffer blowback for our biblical views. You just need to settle that in your heart because God did not call us to be a friend of the world. He called us to be a friend of him. And it's an interesting thing because as being a friend of Him and serving Him, we find that others find the truth. They find the way. How many of you came to Christ through a Christian who was living in the world who did not look separate from somebody else? That they looked different and there was something inside you that said, I want what they have because they live different than anybody else. I know I did. And I had mentors in my life that lived that way. And here in the book of Daniel, as we get into Daniel, chapter 1, we see where Daniel and his three friends are taken captive from Jerusalem, from their homeland in Jerusalem. They're taken captive 
into a pagan culture. This is a culture that is filled with polytheism, multi-gods everywhere. And they are taken from a place that really, even though they weren't living for God, they were paying the price of the sins of their parents, as most people usually do. When their parents fall away from the Lord, very few children have a chance of growing up in the ways of the Lord. And so uh, they're paying the price of the sins of their fathers as their fathers drifted from the Lord. But even when they drifted from the Lord, they did not deny that there was one true and living God. They're going from that culture into a culture that's filled with many, many, many different gods. And in Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see them as really heroes of the faith because they epitomize what Christians really should be like. Living in a pagan culture, how do you live that way? And in the New Testament, it actually alludes to their heroism. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verses 33 to 34, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. That was Daniel, quenched the power of fire. That was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. So they're included in that litany of stuff that was just read off. And the culture we live in is becoming increasingly more depraved. You need to understand that. When you stack up the culture against the Bible, the values that it holds dear to it, compared to the values that you and I hold, it is becoming more and more depraved. And if you want a stitch of evidence for that, just look what the Senate did last Monday when the Democrats voted against saving a baby after it survives a botched abortion. They voted against legislation that would actually offer life-saving services to a baby. They, would, they just stopped it and said, ah, oh, it's an infringement. I heard stuff, infringement on women's rights and things like that. Really? You would let a baby just die. You would let him die after suffering like that. Those are the weakest and they are the easiest to harm in our culture and God has a heart for the baby. But if you want to know how depraved we're becoming, infanticide, in you know, just the murder of innocent babies is a stitch of evidence that you could see. So we are not getting any closer to God as a culture. We are getting further and further away. And as we look at our culture, as we see what it's becoming, these heroes like in the book of Daniel become more and more relevant to your life and my life today. And so what I want you to catch this morning is, first of all, you are to live contrary to the culture. You are to live contrary to the culture. The culture will always be in conflict with God at certain seasons in the life of a country, more so than at other times, but it will always be in conflict with God. The values will always conflict with God, but as his people, as we have been called out of Babylon, as we have been called out of a pagan culture to live for the Lord, we will live a life that is contrary to the culture in many ways. I'm not speaking about the food in the culture, 
I'm not speaking even about some of the art in the culture. I am speaking about what it holds dear to them. The values and the principles that are embedded in Scripture just are not existent in the culture today. Very, very different. And so as we live contrary to the culture, we see it commanded in both the Old Testament and we see it also commanded in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we see it in Exodus 23. In verse 24, it says, You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do. But you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars into pieces. Leviticus 18.3, You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you live, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. In other words, in the Old Testament, God delivering his people from a pagan nation and bringing them into another pagan land. He's saying you do not do as they do. You do not do as they do. My statutes, my commandments are very different than theirs. And so in the New Testament, we see passages like in John 17, when Jesus said in verses 14 to 16, I have given them your word. Speaking of his disciples and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And what he's saying there is, though you're in the world, you do not live like the world. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership is righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship is light with darkness? 1 John 2.15, the Apostle John, writing, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And this is just a few passages that I could have put the scriptures on a dartboard and thrown blindfolded and you're eventually going to hit after a couple shots passages like this that command God's people to live very different than the culture of this world now our culture pressures us to compromise that's the goal because I'll tell you what if people get you to compromise your values they feel a lot better about living the way they're living if somebody acknowledges that there's a God who delivered us a way of living, that means that they've got to bow to the authority of God. And so a lot of times the culture will get you to compromise your own convictions, your own biblical convictions. And there's four ways that we see in Daniel chapter 1 where the culture tries to get us to live contrary to our convictions and gets us to try and compromise our stand with God, our values with the Lord, our convictions that are rooted in the Word of God. The first one is isolation. Look at verse 3 again. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility. Now, these people... First of all, they're Jews, as you know. Israel is the land of God's people that they were taken captive from. 
but they're also of the royal family and of nobility. In other words, they were around the temple. They were around the things of God. They were people that were connected to people even with the temple and where worship took place, that type of thing. And now they find themselves isolated. Now they find themselves removed from all of that and now in a strange land because when isolation takes place, it's easier to get them to do what you want them to do. And this was not uncommon for pagan kings that would take people captive. They would isolate them. They would remove them from their homeland. And their goal was to strip them of everything they knew. And we see that even today. If people become isolated from the people of God, they're more vulnerable to compromising their convictions. We know that to be true. It's no secret that many of those who were raised in church, once they get on the college campuses, walk away from the Lord, at least for a season. They go to college, they get roommates that may not have the same beliefs as they do. They interact in the cafeteria with people that may not believe the same things that they believe. They get into arguments about the Bible and just a bunch of stuff. God doesn't exist. Science proves it. And all this stuff, this nonsense that contradicts everything that they were taught about the things of the Lord. But many times the parents believe that that is the source of them walking away from the Lord, that they succumb to some sort of argumentation. And I'll tell you right now, it isn't that that is the primary source. It is the fact that they don't go to church. They remove themselves from God's people. And so the first thing I tell our college kids, when you get to college, if it's a secular university and even a Christian university today, the first thing you need to do is find a church that's preaching God's word. Because in a church, God's spirit moves in a special way among God's people. And the preaching of God's word is always being preached to dismantle the lies that are coming against the culture. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So the first step is usually isolations. Remove them from that that they're familiar with. The things of the Lord, where everything is, their families that, that serve the Lord, stuff like that. But the second thing is indoctrination. Indoctrination, you see that in verses 4 to 5. It says, youths without blemish of good appearance. And that, that sounds a lot like me. No, <laughs> kidding. Use without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Now watch this. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food of the king ate and of the wine they drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Three years, you know, that's what Jesus spent with his disciples training them and teaching them about the ways of the kingdom. But now we see that they're in Babylon and they are ordered to be under and re-educated in the ways of Babylon. In order to be in leadership there, they were going to have to understand their culture. 
They were going to have to understand the way they did things, their science, their history, their astrology, and religion would have been a part of their curriculum too. How do the gods operate there? What are the gods all about in that culture? Our culture indoctrinates people through education, entertainment, and the expectations of our society. And there are many Christians that are unprepared even to face a culture that believes in faith in God is personal, therefore you must keep it private. All religions are the same and offer valid ways to discovering your fulfillment. The purpose in life is to enjoy yourself through finding what makes you happy in spite of it running against the grain of what your family and church tell you. The human person can be reinvented in line with whatever identity someone chooses. And on and on and on. And a lot of Christians are unprepared to face that culture. Colossians says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So indoctrination is a second thing. But then assimilation is big. The culture tries to assimilate people. If you look at verse 5 again, they were trying to get him to eat from the king's table, the king's wine, the king's meat, all the delicacies that would come with royal stuff. And they would need to change their minds and their lifestyles to eat that because the violation there was more to do with violating the food laws and the dietary laws that God gave his people in the Old Testament. So in other words, for them to begin to eat at the king's table, all the delicacies, they were going to violate the commands of the Lord. That's the problem that they were facing, and they didn't want to do that. The world will always celebrate those who reject their Christian heritage and initial beliefs. All the time you see stuff roll out, you know, reports of movie stars, reports of singers that have made these great albums and everything else, and they use them usually to parade in front of the culture how they were raised in church, and now they walked away from their faith because what they found to be true was absolutely not true, and those are the ones that they usually pick out and what the church mourns the world celebrates and what the world celebrates the church should mourn the only way to resist the lure of assimilating into the world is arrest in the love and approval of god the voice we listen to the most the lord cheering on our faithfulness is what we should be listening to not the world cheering for our compromising and whatever voice you listen to, that's what's going to influence your path in life. I mean, really, God should be who we should get approval from. It should be the Lord's approval coming from heaven, not man's approval. If we're seeking man's approval, it's always going to end up where you compromise your convictions. And it begins, you start to assimilate back into the culture. Just met with somebody not long ago and they were delivered from a life of drugs and alcohol and they started drinking again and explained to them it begins that way you know they're less and less and less in church they're more and more and more into the other things and they begin to drink and then before you know it they begin to do drugs again 
And the world is always looking, the culture, to assimilate people back into the world. And that's what you got to be leery of. You got to, whose voice are you listening to today? Whose voice are you listening to? Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.